the Mantle of Wrestling cards. These cards are over 100 years old. There's only 10 of these, the almighty one of ones. Which of these cards actually matter? What's up wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. I'm your host, Zan, and if this is your first time stopping by to check out the show, thank you. And if you are a longtime listener, I appreciate the consistent support. Today I'm going to touch on the debate that seems to be an ongoing popular topic within the wrestling card niche of our hobby, and that's truly iconic cards versus the rare and scarce cards. I'm going to touch on the pros and the cons of each, and ultimately, which one is better. But before we start the show, quick reminder of how you can help show your support for this podcast, my videos, any other content I'm putting out. First thing you can do wherever you're listening to this, hit that subscribe button and leave me a review if you're digging this. Spread the word about the podcast. That's the best way to grow the listening audience. Make sure to check out my YouTube channel where all of this started, Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. Check out the Worlds Collide Wrestling Card Podcast. Check out Patreon. I've got the eBay store, social media links. You can buy me a coffee if you so choose. All that is in the show notes. You can check that out later. Let's get into this topic. So let's start with iconic cards. What truly is an iconic card? In my opinion, this is a card that represents the top of the hobby. The hobby headline cards that people always call their quote grails. These are the cards that consistently fetch high prices and notoriety. In the sports card world, I could reference cards like the 52 Tops Mantle, 86 Fleer Jordan, 79 OPG Gretzky. You could throw the T206 Honus Wagner in there. There's many more I could name. That's just a few. So what are some wrestling card equivalents to those cards? Now again, this is just my opinion, but I would say cards like the 82 Wrestling All-Stars Hogan, Flair, or Andre would be in that category, 85 Tops Hogan card number one, the 98 Rock Comic Images on-card auto, some of the WCW autos from 98 and 99, and there are several others that I'm sure I'm just not thinking about right now that you could put in there. But these are cards that are at the top of the wrestling card hobby from a price and popularity perspective. So you may say, well, Zan, if these are the most popular and valuable cards, why would anyone want anything else? A few reasons come to mind. First being the eras and the names. Let's face it, there are many people in the wrestling card hobby that could care less about Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Steve Austin, or any other huge legends of the past. As much as I like wrestling history, that's okay. We don't all have to like the same things. Some people set collect, some people player or super collect. And sometimes some of these hobby headline cards just don't fit into what those type of collectors are doing. Maybe they're strictly modern collectors and just don't care about cards from 20 plus years ago. And again, that's okay. Maybe they see how many of these cards are out there and they just don't think that they need to own one. And the reason being is maybe because they're just readily available. And therefore they don't feel the need to own a card that everyone else does. Maybe they don't care about grading. And honestly, for some of these mass-produced cards, even though they are iconic cards, grading is really the only thing that creates a scarcity or rarity out of these commodity cards. Or maybe they just don't want to be associated with a community or a group of people that represents certain cards or sets, and they rather just blaze their own trail. So now let's look at the other end of the spectrum, rare and scarce cards. What does this mean? These are the cards that are extremely limited. We're talking one of ones, super fractors, gold prism out of 10, any card with extremely low print run. You could even throw certain indie cards in there or the mystery parallels that we've seen from like Select or the White Sparkle that we don't exactly have a print run on, but you could kind of reverse engineer the math of the pack odds and know that it's rare. Many of these cards rarely surface. Many times they end up in the hands of a collector and they never see the light of day again. Or sometimes the mystery of them exists in people's minds as is that card still in that sealed box somewhere? 
or possibly is that card in someone's shoebox where they didn't know what they had, they were just ripping packs, ripping boxes, and they filed it away in that extra box they had because it didn't fit their PC, and they didn't think it was that valuable. Not to mention many of these types of cards are huge chases for player and super collectors to complete those rainbows or those sets or those collections. Now on the flip side, you have the collectors that say, hey, I can have this exact same card, but not the one of one or the gold. Maybe I have the 99 version, and they're perfectly content with that version, therefore not understanding the huge value and praise that some of these more rare and scarce versions of the exact same image and card have. Also because these cards can sometimes rarely sell or surface, some people just can't or don't feel the need to be able to afford them. Maybe they're just kind of out of sight, out of mind for some collectors, and that's fine. Maybe some collectors can say, well, I have a Pop 1 PSA 10, that's just as good as a 1 of 1 Black Prism or a Superfractor. So with the pros and the cons of both the iconic cards and the super rare scarce cards, which one is better? Which of these categories should you buy, collect, invest in, whatever you want to call it? For me, it's both. The Wrestling All-Star set is by far my favorite set in the wrestling card hobby, but yet I also love my Karrion Cross Superfractors. My Hogan PMG is one of my single favorite PC cards. My 98 Rock Comic Images Auto, it's iconic. You can love and collect anything and everything. What you buy, collect, and invest in, whatever you want to call it, is ultimately up to you. You are the CEO of your PC. It's okay to have a little bit of everything. It's also okay to be laser-focused on certain segments and just go for that. My content is always to just put perspective on things, make you think from different angles and about different ways of approaching the hobby, ultimately doing what you want to do, though. And I would hope that would be having fun with wrestling cards. That's it. Just have fun. Thanks for taking the time to check out this episode, downloading it, streaming it, however you're listening, whatever platform you're on. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving me a review, whatever you're listening to this on. Hit that subscribe button. Please spread the word about the podcast. Tell a friend, tell a wrestling fan, tell a collector. And make sure before you get out of here to check the links in the show notes for all of the ways that you can help show your support for my content I put out there. The Worlds Collide podcast, Wrestling with Cards on YouTube, eBay store, it's all down there. And you may see me pop up from time to time on other people's podcasts or something. Just anything that you have appreciated that I've done in the past. If you would lend your support by any of these ways, that would be greatly appreciated. And until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun. We'll see you.